been pressed. <laughs> We're live. All right. Hey, hey. Very good. Awesome. All right. Fantastic. Everybody, welcome to the 18th Crypto Mining Tools podcast. And uh, we're here with Ethan, our co-host. Hi, everybody. And Matt De DeSouza. Hey, guys. Thanks did for I having me, Scott and Ethan. Yeah, did I say it right? DeSouza? DeSouza. DeSouza. Oh, Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Good to know. Um, and Matt is from uh, Blockware Solutions, and he's got a, a couple of different ventures going on, uh, but he's uh, a friend in the industry. Uh, as well as a, a competitor, actually, uh, to mine and Ethan's company. Um, but like we say, we, we like to uh, cooperate together, even though we're competitors, and we call that coopetition. Coopetition. Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a, a rising tide uh, floats all boats, right? There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so Matt, yeah, you have uh, some interesting research that you've been putting out recently uh, with, with your company, Blockware. And um, I know we, we've got some really good topics to discuss today. Um, so, yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, first? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I guess I really started dipping my toes into the blockchain space in 2015. That's when when I started investing. Um, and then it was actually ironically, it was more Ethereum. I, I was more interested in Web 3.0. Uh, and I, I, I really dove into Ethereum first. Um, in 2017, with a partner, I launched Blockchain Opportunity Fund. That's a digital currency hedge fund. Uh, okay. And it was it was mainly focused on Ethereum and Web 3.0. In probably quarter three of 2017, my partners and I launched Blockware Solutions. It was kind of a almost, almost a fluke, honestly. Uh, my my brother's roommate in college, he he reached out to me and he said there's this arbitrage in the mining space. I'm selling these mining rigs on eBay. It's a great opportunity. You got to look at it. And I gave it a shot. And, and we saw this opportunity where there's, you know, miners were waiting two or three months to get mining rigs from China. Yeah. Um, and, and <laughs> we, we know that pain. <laughs> this is, this is 2017 in the, the heat of the bubble. Um, and a lot of miners in the U S were getting scammed. And we said, let's be the trust and transparency group. Let's let's just mark up small margins and get get these U.S. miners mining rigs. So that's really how Blockware Solutions kicked off. Um, we were small in in late 2017, and we've grown a lot. Uh, we're a team of five now, um, and you know, it, the past 12 months we've sold probably about 30,000 ASICs, placed about 25 megawatts worth of miners, um, and our core focus awesome. is in the U.S. Yeah, so it's it's been quite a ride. Um, and most importantly, it's allowed me to deeply understand the Bitcoin space, uh, understanding how much infrastructure is getting deployed towards the Bitcoin network. I mean, that's network effects. That's longevity. Mm -hmm. Everyone discusses uh, Ethereum and Web 3.0 and their network effects. Let's discuss, let's discuss miners in all these countries around the world deploying millions of dollars worth of infrastructure to secure a network. Um, and that's just that's just one bucket of the Bitcoin network. Then you have the developers and, and oh, yeah. the areas that are building it out. So that's a network effect. That's how things stick around. Um, and my fund actually pivoted a bit, um, and we've taken significant positions in Bitcoin uh, through those insights. So, and now um, you know, basically January first, uh, twenty twenty, we launched another company. It's called Blockware Mining. My partner and I, Mike Stolzner. 
uh, and we're mining Bitcoin in in the United States in Kentucky. We're running about oh, fantastic. Yeah, we're running about very close, very close to where I am. <laughs> you got to come visit. Okay. We got 80 Petahash uh, down there in Kentucky. Uh, well, uh, uh, Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, Northern, Southern. Can you give me? It's near the Illinois border. We keep it fairly confidential. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to know the exact location. Just a, <laughs> a general idea. Yeah. Next time, there's only going to be two screens on this YouTube video, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but um, yeah, we've got a really cool model with blocker mining. Um, we're removing the friction for U.S. miners. So we have S17 pluses on site. Uh, U.S. miners can buy those machines immediately, get up and hashing within 48 hours, host with us, join our mining pool, uh, use our, firm, our firmware, um, and we, you know, we just try and advise and give them strategy so that they're that they survive and thrive. That's what mining's all about: survivability. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And given that, you know, I've got a quick question for you, Matt. You know, recently um, we've seen Bitcoin, you know, just lose a, a tremendous amount of value in a very, very short period of time. I wanted to get your thoughts on that, and you know, what kind of what do you think precipitated that, and do you think we've got a lot more stormy weather ahead of us or was that just kind of a one-off fluke? Well, at the end of the day, I mean, that's a beast of a question and, and it's not specific to cryptocurrency. Mm. Uh, what happened with Bitcoin, it's actually, it's actually a very positive thing. Bitcoin survived. Look what just happened. U.S. equity markets just dove 30, 35% maybe. Mm -hmm. right? all, all other assets completely imploded in the world. Mm -hmm. Companies are going under. They're going bankrupt. The government needs to bail out the airlines industries, oil companies. All these companies are going under and Bitcoin survives. So what, is, what does that tell you about Bitcoin? Um, it's, it's actually a, a very positive thing. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, it sold off from, I'd say the sell-off was truly 7,800 to 3,800 and it's returned yeah. back up to 6,800. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so I'm, it's... I'm seeing strength in an asset. And, and gold sold off several basic, you know, at the end of the day, the U.S. economy is the strongest economy in the world. Uh, we've got the largest GDP. We're self-reliant. And when U.S. equities roll over, everyone else is going to roll over. And that's what mm -hmm. happened. And all other assets rolled over. Um, but Bitcoin has survived. And that is excellent indication for the long term. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I, I can see where you're coming from on this because while a lot of things are still struggling and, and perhaps months to even years out to some what of a recovery, Bitcoin came back pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and that that is a very powerful sign. Absolutely. And it's, you know, people discuss it's digital gold, all that stuff. Bitcoin is a risk on asset. It's an asset that has gone up significantly in value and, and money managers, uh, if they have a portfolio, when they need liquidity, they're selling their assets that they have profits in, or they're selling mm -hmm. their most risky assets. Um, you know, you've got to get into the assets with the best fundamentals, with maturity, with liquidity, most importantly. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why everyone runs to cash and treasury bills and stuff like that when there's when there's a crisis and when there's illiquidity. So, mm -hmm. so Bitcoin <clears throat> technology in its infancy, Bitcoin being a risk on asset, Bitcoin having less liquidity, um, you're going to have that sell-off, but at the end of the day, several companies went bankrupt. Um, a lot of other assets haven't recovered, and and Bitcoin, which is fragile, is still around. It's still trading, um, and and if you got your private keys, you got your coins. 
Absolutely. What do you think of the, it, it's what I term the micro economy that, that we all work in this continuum because uh, until I, I guess maybe a, a year ago or maybe eight months ago, I didn't realize that regardless of the price of things and, and where the world is turning or anything like that, this micro economy of us, you know, buying and selling miners or hash or power or infrastructure, this is always continuing going on regardless of the situation. So what are your thoughts of that? I think it's, I love it. I mean, my partner and I, uh, Mike, Mike and I were laughing about it two days ago. We were, we were like, everyone's shut down, everyone's quarantined, but we keep getting our Bitcoin at 8 p.m. every night. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> our mining rigs are running. We're getting our Bitcoin. If I need to send a transaction, I can send a transaction because miners are settling transactions. Um, we were truly laughing about it. We were, we we're looking at each, uh, you know, we're, we're on the phone, but we were, you know, essentially just thinking how crazy is this world that we're mining 180 petahash and everything is shut down, everything is stopped, but we keep getting our Bitcoins and those mining rigs keep running. Right. And the transactions keep happening relatively instantly compared to the traditional, you know, banking transactions too. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a parallel financial system. That's really what it is. Um, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's this proof of concept of, of a financial system dictated by code. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's been around for 10 years um, and it's only getting stronger. So Matt, um, yeah, you guys came out recently with a, a research report. Uh, we definitely want to touch a little bit upon that, sure. or maybe a lot on that. Um, what really was the the premise of, of that whole article? Well, we actually uh, we we were writing it up in December, um, had it just about complete in January, uh, kind of kept it in house for for clients that we advise, um, some of our investors, um, and and we had we understood that we were going into having and, and for miners, that's a really big deal. So you have to position mm -hmm. your risk, understand what you're getting into and how that's going to affect your capital deployment strategy. Um, and we also did that for, you know, the Bitcoin mining fund, uh, Blockware mining. Um, it's an analysis for how we, we deploy capital and how we run our operation. So that's kind of, that was really the premise behind it. Um, and we decided to release it, a week, you know, two or three days ago to the, to the general public, because, you know, I, I, there was a lot of fear in the market. And when you deeply uh, read the whole report, um, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're in the top, you know, two thirds of the network, you should be welcoming having, you should not fear it. You should welcome it. Margins are going to get better after having um, mm -hmm. these, if you're in, the newest technologies, if you're in S17, you know, S17 pluses or the, the seven nanometer chip machines and you have electricity, um, you know, you're in a hosting um, facility and you're not paying CapEx and you're around six cents, 6.3, you're going to do very fine. You're going to be OK. You're going to survive. Um, and, and mining is just about survivability. Uh, as you know, as a hedge fund manager, you typically make you're not making like consistent money every day. You make mm -hmm. a, an allotment of money in two or three weeks of the year. Um, you know, think about 20, think about 2019, the, the, my it's, it's about positioning. You can't, when you're, sure. mining, when you're mining or running a fund, 
You have to be positioned and you have to be there when the opportunity comes. If the mm -hmm. opportunity comes and you're buying mining rigs, you missed it because you're waiting yeah. for Bitman. Yeah, so I've, I've, <laughs> I've told that to many people. Yeah. So if, if as long as you're mining and you get those 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 two month or, or you know, four to eight week periods of just exceptional margins, you hit your whole you, you hit six yeah. or eight months worth of the year right there. Mm -hmm. Right. Think about think about April. I think it was like April 2nd when Bitcoin blew off higher to fifty four hundred. And then it's, it's just it just sprinted to ten thousand in a couple months, in two months. And I went all the way up to 14, it topped yeah. out almost it, at 14. It, yeah. In late June, it peaked out at 13,800. Yeah. If you were mining then, you made your whole year. Mm -hmm. So that's really what, you know, it's, it's, it's really about strategy and, and uh, survivability. You gotta be, you gotta be in the game for when those, those events happen. Sure. Uh, we have a, a person here asking a question saying, you know, what do you think the mining landscape will look like after the happening? It's uh, Shoeless Joe. Thank you, Shoeless, for the for the question. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, you know, it, if you've got the decent power rates, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be fine. But yeah, so so we've modeled out the whole network um, layers one through eight um, mm -hmm. and the layers are dictated by electricity rate. So two and a half cents and lower is layer one. Um, and then okay. you got you got three cents, four cents, five cents, five and a half, six, six and a half, and seven cents and above being seven and a, seven and above being layer uh, layer eight. Okay. Um, so you have these layers, and it's and, and that's the network, and it's like an onion. You're peeling off the onion, mm -hmm. um, and at each layer, uh, at each layer, a miner may, may be running the old generation or the new generation. Mm -hmm. Now. Next generation equipment has completely changed the game. Uh, an individual with an S9 at three cents, they have a higher break-even price than yeah. an individual with an S17 at seven and a half cents. Okay. Seven and a half cents. If you're running an S17 at seven and a half cents, the, if you're running an S9 at three cents, you're shutting off before someone with seven and a half cents S17. Okay. So that's a complete game changer. And mm -hmm. that's why we discuss um, a lot of these retail miners. If they're if they're placing at six point three and they have an S seventeen, um, as Bitcoin sells off, all these S nines at seven cents, six cents, five, four, three, they're going to have to shut off first. All those mm -hmm. TTs, the the mid generation, they have to shut off first. Um, so so if you're running next gen equipment and you're at six cents, there's going to be a thirty percent difficulty adjustment that saves you and 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 ah, ah so as all the kind of the the older generation machines kick out because they just can't continue to run you then suddenly yeah. get a difficulty um, margin, advantage yeah exactly. your margins get replenished essentially they become healthy again mm -hmm. um, the price of bitcoin think about it we just had that 16 percent difficulty adjustment um before that difficulty adjustment down right yeah. yeah exactly exactly so bitcoin was at 6500 then we got a 16 percent difficulty adjustment that's the equivalence of bitcoin now being at 8000 mm -hmm. because you're acquiring more coin per exactly per was, and we were watching this we were tracking this mm -hmm. our colleagues at f2 pool uh thomas heller he's got an exceptional app and he showed all the all the pools that lost hash 
So mm-hmm. it was a lot of Chinese pools, you know, slush pool didn't lose hash. It was a lot of Chinese pools that lost hash over the past two weeks. And those are probably all S9s and those E-Bangs and those, those Canons, um, you know, that's the, the, the less efficient generation yeah. miners. Yes. The ones that are hashing between 10 and 13, those all shut off in China, probably China and Russia. Um, and that's how we got this, di- this difficulty adjustment. Um, okay. And that's, that has, has made margins more healthy for the people that are surviving. So um, do you think when the halvening happens that we're going to see phenomenal, even a, a, a much larger drop in hash rate as you know, pretty much all old generation becomes not profitable to operate? If Bitcoin's still probably under, you know, $10,000, it's going to be a slaughter fest. Um, S9s, okay. you know, up, up to probably two cents, one and a half cents, S9s are going to shut off. All those T2Ts are going to shut off. Um, and then individuals running S17s at like eight cents, seven and a half, mm-hmm. seven cents, they're going to shut off. Um, and we've done a comparable analysis of Bitcoin at 10,000 before having and 10,000 after having in that research report. It's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're running at five and a half, six cents, your profit margin is actually about the same before having and after having because of all the all the miners that are going to have to shut off. And that's why I say, welcome it. Don't fear it. If you're, mm. if you're operating efficiently um, and you're running S17s, you have 5.5 cent electricity um, and you're not paying for a facility, you're hosting, you're fine. You're going to do fine. And it's going to take time. I mean, it's not, miners don't just shut off overnight. There's going to yeah. be two or three months of friction. Yeah. Um, and that's why they're, we- They're trying to hold out. They're like, we, we it'll go up. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, right. so, you know, we think, we think, um, you know, we're, we're not in the business of price predictions, but uh, we believe that it might take a, a, a couple months after having um, for to get this healthy cleanse of the network, get rid of all the old technology. Um, and and then and then you have these efficient miners that are left um, mm-hmm. and they don't have to sell all their Bitcoin. That's what's important. And then that's when the pressure from from buying is going to drive up the price. Exactly. So we think it could be a couple months. As everybody's going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's that's really fascinating um, the way you've, you've lined this out. Can you tell us a little bit uh, more about, I mean, you say hedge fund. And I, I guess I don't have really, uh, to me, hedge fund is like gambling. Like, can you explain that a little bit more depth? Like what your background is, how you got into it? Yeah. Um, so my uh my partner, Jim Ropel of the hedge fund, um, he's ran equity funds for 30 years. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in 2017, we were discuss- discussing digital currency. And we decided to launch a digital currency hedge fund together. Um, and it's really more investing. Um, so we're, we're looking at different assets. And can, and can you break down just like in layman's term to the everyday user? Let's say somebody doesn't really know anything about financial, who's just kind of curious about Bitcoin, doesn't really know a lot. What is a hedge fund? What can can you explain that like in in, in so a really it, simple way? Yeah, it, I mean, it allows you a hedge fund. Really, just allows you to do uh, have very flexible strategies. So if you wanna if you wanna buy Bitcoin and then sell futures, you're hedging. Um, you're hedging like your Bitcoin risk. But if you want to just buy Bitcoin, hold the Bitcoin. Um, if mm-hmm. you want to trade around different price ranges, if you want to risk manage it, cut your losses. Um, if you want to, if you want to hold for the long term, um, it gives you a lot of variability 
or, or I should say flexibility with how you want to manage the asset. So is, is a head fudge just your money or is it a pool of people's it's, money it's, that you can manage? Or? Capital. Yeah. So we raise capital. Um, we okay. have money in it as well. Um, but typically a hedge fund, you're going out raising capital. Uh, the okay. managers also have money in it as well. That's good incentive alignment, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's how we're set up. And so you you go out, you you raise money from a lot of different investors. You kind of, I guess, you pitch them a plan, like you know, this is what we we intend to do with the money, and this is you know, kind of our strengths, our weaknesses, what can potentially happen in, in terms of profit gains and how we would mitigate or, or control the risk and things like that. And they say, okay, sounds good to me. You know, here's my money. And then that gives you a creative, you know, the, the, you know, creative control or creative strategy over that to, you know, make it hopefully generate a profit. That's, that's the end game, right? Exactly. So you'll have a strategy and investment thesis um, and then you carry out that investment thesis. Okay. That's awesome, man. So yeah. how did you get into that? Like, did you just wake up one day when you were four and like, I'm going to be, you know, doing this. And did you dream of these things? Or were you like the normal kid playing on the, the playground? Like, I'm a fireman, you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it just, there was, um, you know, there, like I said, I started, I really started looking in the Ethereum in 2015. Um, mm -hmm. One of my, uh, one of my college roommates was actually in the ICO and he was telling me about it. Um, and, and I just kind of, you know, dove down that rabbit hole. Um, and as price confirmed, uh, and as I took it to my partner and price continued to confirm, we realized this was something serious and we needed to get, you know, we need to be there. Yeah. We have a question. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll let you read it, Scott. Yeah. Go from, from Greg Bennett. Um, oh, you, Greg. you know him? Yeah. 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 He's, uh, he's, he runs the Pacific Northwest. Awesome. So he's, uh, Matt is saying, uh, no, I, Greg is saying, Matt, from your article, can we, uh, we can estimate that 60% of the network uh, electricity consumption is old generation. Does that mean we will see a bloodbath in the hosting market with old generation equipment uh, capitulation and open slots? I, that's, so that's a great point. Um, and I actually had a discussion about that today with a hosting facility and a few clients, I think there is going to be number one, there's two pieces to that. Um, a lot of the old gen is presently being run by miners with four cent electricity or less. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot, of, a lot markets are cryptocurrency markets are the least efficient markets, but it's still a market and markets are fairly efficient. So old gens are going to flow. It's like, it's like, dumping water on a mountain, it's going to flow to the lowest point. It's gravity take mm -hmm. over and, and the liquid is going to go to the lowest point. Um, same thing with S9s. Uh, everyone's going to sell their S9s and the buyer is going to be whoever has two cent or lower electricity or subsidized electricity or running mm -hmm. solar power and they have zero cent electricity, right? That's where those S9s are going to flow to. Um, they're not going to stick around with people with six cent electricity. They're going to Kazakhstan. They're going to Venezuela. They're going to Iran. Um, that's where all those S9s are going to flow. Um, I mean, I, I'd say a good majority of them are just going to get junked. But the ones that run, that's where they'll flow. So right now, I think a lot of S9s are with self-mines. Um, they're in China. 
uh, Kazakhstan. I, I actually have a colleague who who launched the fund, um, raised some raised some family office, launched the fund in October of 2019. Um, so just five months ago, and and what they they didn't buy next gen equipment, they went and bought millions of dollars worth of old gen. Those eBay, wow. they they trucked them from China to get because they have 1.8 cent electricity. So it makes more sense for them to get these old gens earned back in two and a half months because mm-hmm. they can buy them for 50 or $60 and, and, and mine them until they, you know, completely become obsolete. So to answer Greg's question, I think a majority of them are at self mines and they're going to, they're going to flow to places like Kazakhstan, Iran, Venezuela, but there are still a decent amount of, um, uh, S9s and hosting facilities, and you are going to get uh, just 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 balance sheets that get turned upside down because these miners are not going to be able to uh, um, pay their electricity bill. They'll just default on it and let the machines go, allow the hosting facilities co- to confiscate it um, and walk away. Uh, mm-hmm. that, will, that will create excess space, and therefore you have excess supply, and hopefully it brings down price for, for hosting facilities or for miners that are engaging with hosting facilities. Um, but yeah, they could definitely see some margin pressure. Right we, um, we have a question from Shulis Joe here following up on Craig's question, but first, um, Ethan, why don't you just tell us a little bit about our sponsor, uh, for our podcast here? Um, yeah, go ahead and, uh, and bring up the, uh, do you have a, a screenshot of, I don't have a screenshot today. But uh, why don't you just tell us about Nova Block? Yeah, um, I was hoping to, to bring up a, a screenshot, but I think this is fine. Yeah, Nova Block is new in the um, mining pool arena. I guess they came around uh, summer of 2019, and in a very, very short time, they've become one of the largest pools available out there. And they believe, as it says here, that you know, as mining shifts away, and as Matt was speaking about how mining will shift away from China and go into other areas like North America, they want to be a a leader and they believe that they can be a leader in this area by giving um, better information than the other pools are giving and greater transparency than the other pools are giving. We've had other guests on this show that uh, have talked about, you know, kind of the dirty little tricks that pools can do without us even knowing it, without us even being aware of that. Um, And Nova Block, you know, believes that that's got to kind of come to an end and, and wants to, you know, show you, the end user, how their pool is better by giving you that transparency that other pools aren't. Now, Scott's going to show you guys how to get a good deal from them. Yeah. So thanks, Nova Block, for sponsoring our podcast here. Uh, what you want to do is go to novablock.com, and on the top right-hand corner of their website, you'll see the sign-up button, and there's an invitation code. You could just put OFFERED18. That's O-F-F-O-R-D-1-8. And when you do that, you'll get a permanent reduction in your pool fees down to 1.8%. Um, so, and, and then all these, uh, of course, if you have more hash power that you'd like to experiment with, you could send them more uh, and probably get uh, an even lower rate. Than yeah, they, they're definitely willing to work with you. If you, if you want to send them some serious hash power, you know, give them a shot. Yeah. See what they can do. All right, so let's let's go back to uh, Shoeless Joe's question here. He's asking about production. What's a good way to, to get a view on those production rates uh, of these miners? How many are made? How many are sold? Uh, you know, for next generation miners, and um, other than just watching the the net uh, hash 
uh, on a day. I have this question too. So I, I, I definitely want to know your answer, Matt. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we've, it's, it's difficult to get the exact, I mean, unless you're talking to the manufacturer, mm -hmm. to get the exact amount of machines that they've sold, those numbers are, are held tight by the manufacturers. But what we can do when you see the report, um, we can estimate out uh, a lot of hash. Hash basically doubled from late May of 2019 up until February of 2020. Mm -hmm. That was all, that was basically all new gen equipment. Um, so you can, right off the bat, you could say about 50% of the network from that point forward was next gen. That's where that hash was coming from. Um, and prior to that, I would say 10, you know, 10 or 15% was attributed to next gen as well. So in our report, that's really how we get that split of 40%, 60% um, old gen, next gen. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, we, we, we spoke with the pooling team. We spoke with F2 pools team, um, as well as the manufacturers to get peer review. Um, and yeah, they, 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 all four really agreed with uh, with our analysis there. Yeah. What are you? What are your thoughts on? So, you know, I agree with you that we've had a taste of next gen equipment coming into the market. I, I think we we're all very aware of the uh, the S seventeen plus you know seventy three terahash. Um, what are your thoughts on the S nineteen? Is that going to be much of a big game changer? Should people be holding out for that, or is it? you know, just kind of a, a, a marginal improvement over the S17? You know, I, I think it's a marginal improvement um, it, in terms of where, where the price points are and and the friction and lead time and the <clears throat> uncertainty of, of brand new batches, right, defection rates with brand new batches. Um, you know, in terms of our fund, we'll probably wait to, to deploy until September. Uh, I want to see it shake out. Um, you know, too many of these mining rigs, coming from the manufacturers, those first few batches are just, uh, defection rates are so high. You just get slaughtered. Um, so we're gonna, and, and then you also get an opportunity to see what happens with the heaven, right? Um, mm -hmm. So from a from a risk reward, uh, I would completely buy S17, S17 pluses, or if you can get it from someone stateside, like, mm -hmm. like ours, block or mining, um, I would do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be touching um, S19s until maybe, July or September, July. Well, that's that's when the first batches are supposed to ship to the U.S. anyway. So, well, those yeah. are they're supposed to be like a May, June, July batch mm -hmm. for, for the China market. Yeah. yeah, for the China market. I'm not deploying capital until like July. So, so you're really getting in uh, late August, September batches, and you know, allow really allow the the manufacturers to fine tune um, these machines. Greg Bennett has another really cool question here. Um, what is your prediction on the S19 pricing? Will it be able to support a 3K price after the happening? Does it make sense to wait? Which is what do you think you just said? To yeah, I mean, I, it all depends on where Bitcoin's at, right? There's there's two there's two fa there's two factors. It, well, number one, it's all about what's the margin? What are these machines earning? Mm -hmm. And that's dictated by the price of Bitcoin. Um, your electricity rate, and and then what difficulty is doing, right? So if we go through having and and Bitcoin's still around ten thousand, all these miners are gonna all the old gen's gonna wipe oh, yeah. out. 
next gen up until like six and a half, six point seven cents, that's all going to wipe out. You're going to get a massive reduction. So margins will get healthy again. Um, so you got to see what the margins are like. Um, mm -hmm. I anticipate three K, uh, three thousand dollars for an S nineteen um, after the having. If Bitcoin's only at you know eight thousand or so, I, mm -hmm. I I'm not optimistic. I wouldn't be a buyer. So that's why that's why I say as well. We're 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 very high. It's very highly probable we wait for after the having to deploy more cash. Yeah. So so right now, I mean, it, if if you're going to buy an S nineteen. That's going to deliver in June. Uh, yeah. You you might pay three grand right now. That's you know for a hundred and ten yeah. terahash machine uh, at what what is it like thirty uh, watts per terahash? Something yeah, like that. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that you, you're paying maybe twenty seven, twenty eight dollars per terahash. Mm -hmm. I mean that that's reasonable right now. Um, in the last four years, obviously, you know when when uh, the the block reward is 12.5, you know, but now that it's going down to 6.25, 27, $28 per terahash to buy a, 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 the most efficient machine. I don't know. It's, it's a tough call right now. I, I wouldn't deploy cash prior to the having. I want to see what happens. I think, I think the, even if there's a premium to do that, I think that premium is worth it. I'd rather pay the premium um, and deploy the cash, give them cash after having I want to yeah. see. I want to. I want the market to show its cards. Um, I'll pay to see the cards. Um, and ultimately, like I said, I'd rather just get S seventeen pluses today. Um, and then you could throw a firmware on. I mean, we, we, we've got we've got these S seventeen pluses hashing at ninety five T. So, so I, I'd rather do that. And everything stateside. Um, you know, we uh, with global logistics right now it's a bit of a mess, right? Mm -hmm. so you're, you're incurring this, this risk of global logistics because things are a bit messy in the world. Um, so I don't want, I don't want to take on all those layers of risk. Absolutely. I want, I want too much. That side. I've got one last question for you. Uh, yeah. And then I think we, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, yeah. The question that I have for you is if we look at, have, have you seen the stock to flow model charts for Bitcoin? Yeah, how it shows after the happening, then we always get a nice big bull run and things like that. Um, do you think that uh, history will continue to repeat itself? It's it's now predicting that you know the next all time high will be somewhere in the one hundred twenty thousand dollar range for a single Bitcoin. Do you, do you think that's realistic, or do you think you know I'm going to sit back, I'm going to wait, just you know this one's different. You know, it's it's a market. I I don't really. I'm not in the business of price targets at all. Um, mm -hmm. I never do price targets. I, I, what I look at is how healthy is the market and where are we at in the market cycle? Um, if you get events, I mean, what's going on right now in the global macro and the U.S. economy, it's all brewing a perfect storm for Bitcoin. So, so that's what's important. I, I, I'm not going to tell the market where it's going to go and where it's going to stop, but all of the, I mean, there's all this printing going on and it's, oh it's, yeah, it's, there's, there's a ton of printing going on. Um, the, the equity markets have rolled over um, and it's, what it's doing is it's making people reevaluate the system. 2008 is why Bitcoin was born. Um, 2020 
is what may make Bitcoin start to get adopted in specific areas. I mean, you're what your markets. So a market when you when you um, so when you allow speculators and traders to have a secondary market like we have, mm-hmm. you have technology in its infancy like Bitcoin, right? It's it's in its infancy, and what it's what it does is it allows people to imagine the ability for a new financial system, this new parallel financial system. And when our present financial system is under such stress, mm-hmm. now people are, are imagining that- They're hey, looking for an alternative. Yeah, they're, 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 these speculators and market participants are, are able to uh, see the possibilities of Bitcoin actually happening. And when you get a technology in its infancy where the total market cap is smaller than Facebook stock, it's mm-hmm. tiny. It's a tenth of gold, yeah. and you start and and you have a secondary market, right? It's not a private company where you can't trade it. It's there's a there's a robust secondary market, and you mm-hmm. allow these speculators to start envisioning like, oh my god, this might happen, and they all start speculating and trading. That's how you get parabolic bull markets. Technologies in its infancy, speculators and in secondary markets, and and them beginning to envision the possibilities that this actually comes true. And when you get that, you get significant price recipe. discovery. You get price discovery. Um, and that's how you get parabolic bull markets. And 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 I don't know where it's gonna go, but but and that's why I don't give price targets, but they they the markets repeat themselves and it's because they operate off human psychology. Human psychology mm-hmm. repeats itself. People get greedy. Um, they get fearful and they get greedy. So people start, and and on top of that, we're discussing a little pebble. Bitcoin is a pebble. It's smaller than Facebook stock. Someone goes in and injects tens and tens of millions, they're gonna move the price up. Mm -hmm. So it's it's this perfect storm. We've, a a lot of people are losing confidence in the present financial system. They've seen this show before. You don't get crashes like this. These crashes are supposed to be once a generation. And now it happened in, 2001, 2008, and mm-hmm. now, and now 2020. Yeah. Um, and, and, and people are going to look at it and go, Hey, they just print. Here's the thing. We printed. I know. Trillion or six trillion. Was it three or six? I know. I keep, you know, like what? Yeah. I think, yeah. Was it six trillion? Six trillion. It, that know. number is so gigantic where it sounds like the end, right? We, it sounds like the end. These, this is not how this works. Monetary policy isn't turn on a switch and we're done. Mm-hmm. These are processes that last usually more than one year. We're not done at six trillion. It sounds yeah. like because the number is so big, but these are you. Yeah. It's not about the number. It's about the process. And this 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 recovery is going to be a process. And it's the likelihood is it's not going to be just a V shape straight up. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of damage. Um, there is a ton of damage in the economy. In 2008, construction worker, it was, it was really real estate and financial services that got slaughtered, right? Construction workers, laborers, real estate companies, and then banks, financial services. People that were CEOs and managers, they got fired. They went and became taxi drivers or, mm-hmm. or bartenders or busboys um, or worked at restaurants, hotels, whatever. Those temporary jobs. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 2020 and all those temporary jobs are already wiped out. <clears throat> so 
once 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 those you know those service jobs uh they start to get laid off they don't have there is no uber right now there is no taxi drivers there is no restaurants it's all shut down so that's kind of that's a little bit of my fear um i hope that doesn't happen you know i'm an optimist i want what's best for our country our citizens you know i mm-hmm. i don't care if barack obama's in the presidency or trump's in the presidency you support your president you support your country you support your citizens um and and uh you know so i don't hope that happens but in the scenario that uh that it does it's going to a lot of people are going to lose confidence in the present financial system and mm-hmm. and they're going to go this is kind of interesting this is dictated by code mm-hmm. Our present financial system is printing more, and this one is having its printing, um, and right because we're going through having. So our inflation inflation rates getting cut in half, and it's dictated by code. And people start to envision maybe this could work out. And then there's a secondary market that's mm-hmm. so tiny, and you get these speculators, and and the technology is in its infancy, and that's how you get parabolic bull markets. So, uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here in uh, 30 seconds, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, tracking the difficulty um, adjustments? Do you have a, a good recommendation for a, a site to, to do that? Yeah, um, we on our on our uh, Bitcoin pool, we have a resource center. Um, so you go to BlockworkSolutions.com, go to our resource center. Um, and we track uh, difficulty adjustments, actually. So you can do it off BlockwardSolutions.com, off our resource center. I think that's one of the, that's one of the biggest things that I track, actually, difficulty adjustments in the future. Yeah. So, Fantastic. Yeah. Can you uh, tell our audience what's a good way to, to reach out to you in case they have other questions or they just can't go to sleep tonight and they feel like keeping <laughs> you up? <laughs> yeah, you can follow myself and the team on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is MJDSouza2, M-J-D-S-O-U-Z-A-2. Uh, you can follow Blockware team on Twitter. Uh, go to our website, BlockwareSolutions.com. Um, you can contact us directly. Uh, we're always happy to ask questions, uh, whether it's about mining rigs or Bitcoin or markets. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Great job. Well, thanks for uh, hopping on our podcast today. And uh, it was great talking with you here. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your time, yeah. Matt. And, and the next time I go to Vegas, I definitely want you beside me because you seem to know. <laughs> You seem to know things that that I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Take care, guys. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.